No, there's going to be sex, drugs, rock and roll, chips, dips, chains, whips. You know, your basic high school orgy type of thing. I mean, uh, I'm not talking candle wax on the nipples or witchcraft or anything like that. You know, one of the reasons I divorced Perry was because of his last name. You don't like Cox? Actually, I love Cox. Greatest conversation ever. Excuse me, ladies, I need it elsewhere. You turned me down 14 times for drinks. Well, who's the creepy loser now, huh? Come find me. Welcome to Date Fails with Kate Quigley. Oh, yeah. What's up, guys? It's me, Kate. This is Date Fails. Oh, man, I feel really good tonight. Um, I'm very excited, guys. I say it all the time that I'm excited for Date Fails, but... I'm really, really pumped about the podcast right now in a way that I honestly haven't been in a while. So that's good. That's good news for you. It's good news for me. I'll tell you why. I'm excited about making some changes on here. And, um, well, one change that's outstanding is this week we have a sponsor for the podcast. This episode of Date Fails is brought to you by Lola. Uh, Lola is bringing you 100% feminine care organic products. For 40% off subscriptions, visit mylola.com and enter datefails to get started. I love the idea of feminine products that are designed by women, and that's what this is. So if you don't know Lola, you got to check it out. Again, that's lola.com code datefails to get started. That should be easy to remember. And fellas, Uh, For those of you that don't need feminine products, I'm sure you know a woman who does. So spread the word. We'll talk more about it later. Okay, here's what's going on. Um, The podcast, I've been doing solo episodes lately, which I've never enjoyed doing. And it freaks me out to do solo episodes because I feel like, one, I want the podcast to be funny. And there's no guarantee it'll be funny when I'm by myself and there's no one to bounce off of. And two... You know, you feel a little crazy when you start talking to yourself, but I'm starting to enjoy it the same way I enjoy writing once I sit down and start doing it. Like oftentimes I have a project I need to write and I have the hardest time getting started, which any writer can relate to because it's just there's something about like you want to feel inspired to sit down and write, but Recently, I've started this exercise where I just force myself to sit down and write whatever comes out. Um, If it's for, you know, like that website I told you about, mandatory, or if it's for just to journal, or if it's things I'm grateful for, just whatever comes out of my head, I've been writing down. And once I started the exercise, I got addicted to writing. So that's kind of, I think, what's going on with the podcast is once I started doing solo episodes, I was like, you know it's actually kind of nice. It's like letting my thoughts out, letting you guys hear what's going on. And uh, it's a little more personal and private because I'm just here by myself and there's no one to tell me what I can't say, which not that anyone does ever, but (laughs) it's more risky. Um, But I also have been going through some like changes lately. And Joey Diaz said to me, I feel like you're calming down. And I think he's right. I've been going through something where I'm just really into kind of working on myself lately. And I've talked on here before about this podcast and how naming it Date Fails and making it all about my personal dating life at times has kind of kept me from wanting to do it or 
has shot myself in the foot at times in terms of dating and relationships because I feel like guys are afraid I'll talk about them on here, which I do, or because for the podcast to stay funny or for it to stay relevant, I feel like there has to be a constant series of fails in my life. And I, you know, set it up with that name and everything. So in some ways, it was starting to kind of make me feel a little pinned down or feel like my hands were tied in terms of, can I keep the podcast going, but also um, have a healthy life, like love life and also just life in general. And then this just happened organically. Like I started feeling like every time I would have a big fail and share it with you guys, you would all write to me and be like, I've been through the same thing. I'm going through that too. Man, it's it's so nice to hear what someone else is going through and it helped inspire me. And I just started thinking that this podcast is still going to be a lot of fails because we all have them. But also... There's no reason that it can't be like, how do we stop from failing and how do we get better? I feel lately inspired to be better. I think it's from a lot of things. I think that it's partly, I think uh, the Rod Stewart fiasco for me in terms of love life was kind of one of those like, okay, this is sort of like a, not, I don't want to say a rock bottom moment because it wasn't like the guy was beating me up or it was like the worst thing that could happen to you in a relationship. But it was sort of a wake up call for me because it made me stop and go, okay, you have this pattern now that keeps repeating. So what are you going to do? And also something I never talked about on here before, but I'm going to be open, is the way that I coped with some situations, not so much Rod Stewart, but the last relationship that I got out of, I really, really did way too many drugs and drank too much to get through that. And I, I noticed a pattern with me because I think it's interesting. I don't talk about being an addict because there are many different types of addicts. And for me in my life, addiction has never been something that has stopped me from functioning, from getting work done. And I've always been really good about stopping myself when I need to because there's something more important that has to get done. Like career has always come first for me. However, I think also it's very easy to make kind of excuses for things like, oh, well, it's okay that I'm doing this amount of drinking right now because, you know, I'm still working this much. But imagine how much more I could have been working if I wasn't using drugs and alcohol to cope with the pain that I was going through. By the way, those are sirens outside my door. I live in the hood. Um, it's easy to get drugs in my neighborhood. You just walk outside. That's, that's real shit. But my point is... Um, Recently, I've been much, much, much more sober. I'm not sober. I'm never completely sober. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm not going to say I never have a drink or I never go to a Hollywood party and do a line of cocaine. On occasion, I do these things. However, I have pulled way, way, way back on that. And I have been really focusing on mental health, on cutting toxic people out of my life, and on fitness and on the things that used to make me happy before all the stress of being an adult. 
Like, do you ever stop and think? I just got chills, like, talking about this. Because today I was listening to Broadway show tunes, which you guys might not know this about me, but I was a musical theater minor in college, and I'm like a Broadway nerd. And I used to listen to so many show tunes. Like, when I was in college and even in my late 20s when I first was out here in Hollywood I would always like sing show tunes around my apartment I played guitar I used to write songs I loved playing sports I loved playing tennis volleyball surfing hiking I've been to 18 or something 22 I don't know how many national parks there were all these things I used to love to do when I was younger before the stress of um, being alone, dating, Hollywood, being rejected, having 80 million trolls on your Instagram telling you you're not funny, you're fat, you're ugly, or whatever your situation is out there, having kids, having a husband that doesn't appreciate you, having a boyfriend you think is cheating, or having a girlfriend that is never satisfied, and you can't pay your bills, and you're being audited, and your dog's dying, or whatever the fuck is happening. We have a whole bunch more stress that we didn't have when we were younger. And so slowly over time, you stop doing the things that used to just make you just giddy with joy because you have all this pressure and stress. And it's like, when you do have a moment to relax, a lot of people just want to numb the pain with whatever's closest, whether that's like uh, eating a gallon of ice cream or downing a fifth of tequila or doing a line of blow or maybe it's nothing like that maybe maybe some of you I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that have it down that do go take a walk or do go see their friends and that's good and I used to do that and I got into a place where I wasn't making the healthiest choices of ways to um, release tension so I started really thinking about things that used to make me happy And then my friend sent me this video to watch, which was a 10-minute video about addiction, which I shared on my Twitter. But the gist of it was this guy was saying kind of what what I'm saying, which is uh, he was saying that a lot of the time the reason the addicts use is to escape the pain of feeling alone. Um, not feeling socially connected, not feeling connected to anything that makes them truly happy. And he talks in this video, it's a TED Talk, this video I watched. It's the first one I ever watched. He talks in this video about how they took lab rats and they put them in two different environments. One environment, the lab rats were in a cage with nothing to do except a rat wheel and, you know, sleep And they had water that was clean and they had water that was drug infused. And all the rats in the cage were drinking the drug infused water. Some of them even overdosed and died. Then then they took a group of rats and they put them in another cage they called Rat Park, which he said he described as like an amusement park for rats. Like it was a cage where the rats had like all this fun stuff to do, like lots of things to keep themselves entertained. And those rats barely touched the drug-infused water. They all drank the clean water. And so he was saying, like, for a lot of addicts, that the reason they use isn't necessarily the physical addiction. It's because they aren't stimulated enough and they don't feel connected enough to activities they enjoy or 
other rats. Because the rats in the, oh, the rats in the cage with nothing to do were also alone. They were loner rats. And the rats at Rat Park could play with each other. So everybody's different. And I'm not downplaying addiction uh, as a disease or physical addiction or anything like that. But I will say this. For me, there's definitely times when I'm depressed that I stay at home and I wallow. Or when I feel alone. Or when I go through a bad breakup. Or even when I'm just... I get exhausted from talking to people from my job sometimes and I think that I don't need connection because I talk to people all day and I think I just need to be alone and quiet. But the difference is talking to people at work and talking to people for work is not the same as connecting with your friends. So I have been making a point lately, this is a long talk, but I've been making a point to reconnect to the things that I used to find joy in when I was younger and do those things. And they don't have to include other people. But like, I've been listening to show tunes lately. I've been playing guitar. I've been going to fitness classes that I stopped going to when I was depressed. And all these things I've been doing have been really, really making me like more happy than they should. And it's like made me realize how much I need to take some time to find myself again, like the old Kate that was like always bubbly and happy. Because sometimes I think she comes and goes, but at the core of who I am, um, I'm a really happy, bubbly, energetic person. And I love fitness and I love camping and all these things. And I think that it's easy in this business and in a lot of places to get kind of stuck in this dark circle or this dark pattern. And I feel really inspired lately to get out of that. And I feel inspired to bring you fucks with me. (laughs) And um, also, I just, I think that we're all going to mess up and there's still going to be times we mess up. But, you know, it's okay to show that too. But I think that this podcast can be about a lot more than just date fails. I think it can be about life fails. And I think it can be about how to grow as as people and grow in our relationships. Listen to me, you guys, I sound like Oprah. I'm like Oprah if she was white and in her 30s and told dick jokes. So yay for me. Um, On that note, I'm not going to make this all like self-help. There's still going to be Q&A and there's still going to be guests and there's still going to be calls and there's still going to be date fails. But I just felt like, you know, there's nothing wrong There's nothing wrong with a little change. We all like a little change sometimes. Um, On that note, I do have questions from you guys. I have some good date fail stories you guys have sent in for me lately, which I want to share also. And, uh, and I'll tell my own date fail. I mean, I'm still dating and having fails on occasion and I'll, I'll share at least one fail with you guys. Um, but before that, let me, uh, ask of you, if you're in Canada, I am coming to the comic strip in Edmonton. Actually, I will be there this Wednesday, depending on when you're listening to this, that could be tonight through Saturday, Wednesday through Saturday at the comic strip Edmonton. So I would love for you guys to come out and see me. I'm bringing my buddy Aiden Park and we're going to have a great time. Um, on that note. All right, let's do some questions. Hang on. Okay. You guys sent some really good questions again. You always do. Um, this one's a toughie. All right, let's get into it. How to tell your wife She's using too much teeth teeth when you receive fellatio. 
I love, first of all, that you used such proper words. Like, shout out to you for not being the guy that's like, how do I tell a girl she's using too much teeth when she sucks my dick? I'm, I'm very impressed. Um, okay, so many things. Well, number one, it's interesting to me that this is your wife. Because that means you made it all the way to marriage without ever saying anything, which I, I, I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing, but shout out to you. Um, you know, this is something that I'll bet a lot of girls worry about. Like, listen, I, I don't know. There, there's definitely probably girls out there that like just know their blowjob game is just like on point and killer. This is something with me that, like, I honestly have, like, worked on so hard over time because I feel like giving a blowjob isn't easy. I've practiced. Listen, first of all, I took a class. Not even joking. I took a blowjob giving class for my show on the Playboy channel, which was called Undercover. There was a class that we went to at, uh, oh, what was the name of it? It was at some, um like sex adult store, one of those adult stores in LA. Anyway, they gave some really good tips. Now, teeth is interesting because like, um, I have a narrow mouth. I have to open my mouth so wide. If a guy has like a wide dick, this is really, this is really, I'm being very like graphic. I get embarrassed, but I mean, it's the truth. I always worry about teeth. If the guy's dick is really wide. In fact, I've said it many times and I'll say it again. I almost prefer a guy with a medium dick so that I feel like I can do a really good, really good job blowing him as opposed to a guy with a huge dick because it's a lot harder. Also for me, it depends on the position that I'm in too. Like if I'm on my knees and he's standing, that's much easier. There's certain positions I find that it's harder, like 69 for some reason. It's, it's harder for me to like get some good BJ action going. Um, if, uh, how do you tell your wife? Well, I would imagine she probably has it hint like I definitely am aware if I feel like I might be touching a guy's dick with my teeth um so it's something I'm already a little worried about when I'm in the moment at times I'm trying to think of how you could say it that would be a nice way I mean I guess you um you could say say it in the moment I don't think it's something you should bring up later and people might disagree with me on this. I don't think it's something you should save for like a nice day like or over dinner. Like, you know, sometimes when you suck my dick, you're a little... I think in the moment, you should just say, baby, God, baby, listen, it's so hot the way you suck my dick. I love it when you go down on me. Can you just, every once in a while, you get me with your teeth a little bit. Can you try to watch the teeth a little bit? But God, it's so fucking hot. Like, I would lace it with compliments and bring up the teeth thing. If she's not completely clueless, she'll get it. Okay? That would be my advice. Um, But man, it's tricky. Because you guys, it's not as easy as you think giving a blowjob. That would be actually like a really fun thing would be like to make a guy try to, you know, do it. It's not easy. But, you know, going down on a girl isn't easy either. Now, I can tell you some of the tips that I learned in my blowjob class, ladies, if you want them. Um, and gay guys that are listening or straight guys that just like sucking dick. Um, so one tip was lube is okay. So basically like, um, they sell lube that's like made for oral sex that kind of has like some fun stimulants in it or like a good flavor. Um, not that like, (laughs) 
I try not to suck a dick that tastes like shit. Like if the guy hasn't showered or there's BO going on down there, like if your balls aren't clean, like I'm not sucking your dick. I used to be so nice. Old Kate. See, this is what I was talking about, about setting boundaries on the last episode. Old Kate would suck a dick that was a little smelly to be polite because I wouldn't want to say something like, dude, your dick smells. This is kind of like the married guy that's putting up with teeth on his cock. Um, And then at some point I stopped, like I stopped being that nice. Like now if I'm going to suck a guy's dick, I think it's something about like, I don't know, around like 32, I just came into my own, like in a way of being like, um, I'm just going to say whatever I want when it comes to sex. I'm just going to be honest in a way that's not mean. But like, if I if I go to blow a guy and his balls smell, I don't mind being like, hey, you know, um, I don't know if you went to the gym or something. It's a little rank down here. Why don't you go grab a shower? Like, I'll straight up say it. <laughs> and I don't care. But um, there is lube that you can get. There's also toys that you can get to use during a blowjob. Like, they actually make these, like... Um, it's, it's almost like, I don't know how to describe this thing they showed me at the sex shop. It's almost like a squishy tube that has kind of like, like um, bumps in it. So like, it would be almost like a massager, but for your dick, but it's squishy and you put a little lube on it and then you basically use that to stroke up and down the dick. Like it's like a little tube, but it's like... Um, how do I describe it? It's almost like a slinky, like it scrunches down so it doesn't take up a ton of space. And you use that with your hands while you're sucking their dick. And it's supposed to be like even more enhanced than, you know, the whole two hand, like using both hands and twisting thing. It's supposed to be even better than that. So that's another option. Like I always think that that a guy would think that's kind of cool if you're like about to suck his dick and then you're like, oh, one second, let me go into my bag of tricks and get out my... (laughs) my magical blowjob tube that I bring. Now, my only thing with this ladies is I would save this personally, personally, I would save this for the guy that is like your boyfriend you've been dating a while or at least someone you've been seeing for a while so that he doesn't just think like you're the kind of girl, not that there's anything wrong with this, but so that he doesn't think you're the kind of girl that just carries around like a bag of like, in case I suck your dick toys. But but as like a surprise, I think that would be, kind of cool. So, um, it's almost like the grapefruit thing. If you've ever seen the grapefruiting video where they say like, it feels really good. If you give a guy a blowjob with a grapefruit, I guess it's almost like that, but it's like, this is a toy you can keep on you. So I don't know. There's some tips. Also, um, I, you know, don't ignore the balls. It's an obvious tip, but every guy is different. Like, I feel like some guys love having their balls sucked and some guys don't. Um, And then also, like, lately I've met a couple guys that have told me they don't even like blowjobs, and I think that's a ploy, they say, to make you suck their dick better and longer. But, you know, apparently these guys... Like, just the other night a guy told me... By the way, volunteered this information casually in conversation. We were not about to hook up, and the guy was like... um, We were talking about things we don't like, but not sexually. Just, like, I said something like, oh, I just... Like, I I don't like um, truffle... I'm allergic to truffle. I don't like it. And he was like, I don't like oral sex. I was like, what? What? (laughs) It was like that. But I've had two guys say that to me. And um, the one guy that said it to me was actually like really into blowjobs once I started giving it to him. So I let that feed my ego and think that like I gave the best blowjob ever. But I know that's not the case. And I'm sure he was lying. So 
that's a long answer to your question, but you know that's how I am, guys. Um, all right, next question. Oh, you know what? Before I get to the next question, actually, I should really do a better job of this, of this, <laughs> of this ad read. Hold on. Oh, wait, you guys, before I get to this ad here, this is great. I'm looking at the questions. Um, just to be fair, here's the flip side of that. A guy wrote in, hey, without being rude, is there a polite way to tell a girl when you go down on her that her situation is less than pleasant? Okay, I don't know what that means. If you mean it smells, it's more hair than you like, um, it's not clean enough. I don't know what you mean by that. But yeah, just like we're allowed to tell you guys, um, I, you know, I might be a little more tactful with a woman. Like the way I say it to guys like, hey, bro, I don't know if you just left the gym, but it's a little funky down here. Like that might not be the best way to say it to a girl. But I say, listen, girls, no girl wants you to be grossed out down there. And everyone wants to have a good situation happening. So, um, yes, I believe there is a way. I think that you can say like, um, hey, you know what's really hot? Let's take a shower together. How about that? You could literally offer to hop in the shower with her. Or if you really want to say it so that she knows, you could say like, hey, this is really awkward. I don't want to hurt your feelings. No, you can't. I can't even tell you to do that because if a guy said that to me, like, this is awkward. I don't want to hurt your feelings. But although, you know, I think girls know I'm really obsessively clean, like down there, like I taste test and everything. I, if, if there's any chance there's something going on, I don't want a guy down there, but there have been times where like maybe for whatever reason, whether it's diet, maybe I've been drinking too much. Maybe I have been doing drugs. Maybe something's been going on that like has made me less than like my normal, beautiful flavor of Skittles and Starbursts. Um, I won't let a guy go down on me during that time. And one time, one guy did say to me, you taste different than usual. Is your period coming? Like he thought maybe he tasted a little blood or iron. And I was like, no, not at all. And I thought that was really weird. And then I tasted and it did taste a little different. I didn't know why. Uh, We have things happening down there sometimes that we don't know about. So I guess what I would say is, You can either offer, let's take a shower together, that's so hot. Um, You could try to say it in a way like, did you just get off your period? I don't know, it just tastes a little funny. It tastes a little different from usual. Or if it's not your usual girl, then you could just say like, hey, is your period coming? I don't know, it tastes a little odd down here or smells a little odd down here. That should be a sign to her. And if it's not, you know, then she'll know something's going on and then you can skip doing it. But there are ways to stay fresh down there, you know, and actually this is a great, ooh, this is a great segue to talk about Lola. Um, All right. For the guys, listen, this, this is really for the ladies, what I'm about to talk about. But if you have a living girlfriend or a wife, or this could even be a good gift. And I know it sounds weird, but here's the thing. I'm going to be very honest. Um, We all get periods if we're women. And no one likes getting a period. It sucks. I hate it. And the one thing that sucks the most about getting your period is when you get it and there's no tampons in your house. And 
introduced Lola, which I think this is just so brilliant. So first of all, it's a female founded company offering a line of organic cotton, tampons, pads, and liners. And also Lola now has a line of sex products made with women in mind. I just think this is so brilliant because this company is started by women and all their products are gynecologist tested and approved, gynecologist recommended. Um, the way it works, it's a subscription. Lola makes your month a little bit easier. Basically, you go on Lola's website and you sign up for a subscription. Now, the subscription is customizable. You can mix whatever products you want. You can do um, tampons, different number of boxes. You can do pads. You can do their sex products. They have condoms. They have lube. Oh, this is so awesome. Um, actually, they have cramp uh, this cramp essential oil, which I've actually used, which is amazing. If you get cramps, you put this oil on. I've recommended it to so many friends and it really reduces your cramps better than anything I've ever tried. I, I absolutely love it. Um, so basically you go on the website, you subscribe. Um, the sex by Lola line is now also available for subscription. You can, do, you know, add to your period subscription or you can buy things separately. And what's great is there's good done with every purchase. For every purchase you make, Lola donates feminine care products to homeless shelters across the U.S., which is important because homeless people have periods too, as you know. And this stuff is is not free, guys. So um, I'm just a big fan. I love that it's delivered to your house because there's never a time when I get my period now that I have to like stuff toilet paper in my underwear and walk to Walgreens, which I have done before. So um, anyway, guys, check it out. What I want you to do is uh, go to the website, mylola.com for 40% off subscriptions when you enter date fails. 40% off, that's a huge discount if you use my code date fails. So, you know, everything you need for that time of the month delivered right to your door when you need it, a personalized box. By the way, the box is really cute. I'm not gonna lie to you guys when they send it to me, there's like funny little cards in it and there's even a little crossword puzzle. Like I opened the box and it made me smile. Um, they'll deliver you condoms. Oh, and the best thing, I can't believe I didn't mention this. Oh, Lola, you guys are gonna love me because I'm so serious about this. The products are 100% organic, which is a huge thing to staying fresh down there. I swear by the wipes. They have feminine wipes. They come in little individual packets. Ladies, you can literally put these in your purse. Guys, you know what they look like? They look like when you go to a wings place and they give you the little hand sanitizer towelette things to wipe your hands off with. They're individually wrapped. You put them in your purse. Ladies, oh my God, this has saved me so many times. If I don't know that I'm gonna go home with a guy and I suddenly find out, I will go to the bathroom and I will like totally clean up with these wipes and they make you smell fresh and they're amazing. I'm, I'm totally serious about this. So if nothing else, you gotta keep some of the wipes in your purse at all times. And in a pinch, I'm not gonna lie, I've even used them for other things. I've even used them for other things. Like I'll pull one out and clean off like the um, seat back cover on an airplane. I'm not joking. So guys, the point is I love Lola and you should too. So uh, I would love it if you please go to uh, the website mylola.com and use my code datefails and subscribe today. Did I say it all? 
I think I said it all. I really, really love it. You also can skip, cancel, or change your subscription anytime. Everything is 100% organic. And uh, like I said, I love that they donate feminine care products to homeless shelters. So check that out, guys. All right. I like that. I like getting happy things delivered to my house. It always makes me feel good. Let's do another question now. I mean, I, I want you guys also to send me um, your worst date stories, which I... I have a few of in here, but like none of your guys' worst dates even compare to my bad dates. How about this? The other day I went to a party and there were three guys at the party that have all been asking me out and I've been like politely declining. And the truth is, how about, okay, this is some advice I got to give. If someone says I'm not trying to date right now, they really might be not trying to date right now. I'm really, like I said, I'm going through a moment where I'm just trying to really get my apartment organized, my life organized, my career. I'm working really hard on the special I want to shoot and the book I want to put out and I'm pitching a show and I just got cast in a project and there's a bunch of stuff going on and I really don't have time to date right now. And if I am going to go on a date, I might have to just hit you up last minute and make a plan. But when you tell guys, I'm not really dating right now, I think a lot of you guys take that as a challenge. Like you think we're saying it so that you'll try harder or that you can convince us. I even told a guy after the Rod Stewart thing, I said, I just got out of something. They don't need to know what it was or how long it was. I said, I just got out of something and I'm just taking a little time. I'm not really ready to start dating someone else. And the guy was like, I'm not scared of your emotional baggage. You guys, listen, when we tell you it, we really mean it sometimes. I swear, we're not just blowing you off. We might even like you. We might even hit you up to go out when we get through our moment. But let us have our moment. It's kind of like when a guy says, I need space. When you guys say, I need space, sometimes it's a blow off. And sometimes you really fucking need space, right? So do we. Women need space too. <laughs> I'm yelling. All right, moving on. Um, how do I move on from a relationship I was in for 14 years when I was not the one who chose to end it? Oh, well, I mean, heartbreak sucks. No one wants to have their heart broken. Um, my suggestion to that would be, even though this is advice that I would probably never do, would be to go see a therapist. When I got divorced, my ex-husband went to therapy um, long before I ever did any work on myself to recover. And he got through the hardest part of the divorce much quicker than me because he went to therapy. Now, one thing the therapist will probably tell you, which I think my husband, uh, my ex-husband's therapist must have told him this because he did it and I was shocked, was to cut all contact for a while. And that was like... That's very, very hard to do, but cut all contact, block them on social media, don't look at their social media. These are all things I've always had a very difficult time doing. And then recently I've started to actually block all the people, anyone on social media that makes me feel any certain way that isn't happy. I don't just mean exes. I just mean any account that makes me feel a little bad about myself. Or maybe like there's certain girls that maybe... I follow uh, 
more out of like, I feel like I should because of business, but not really because we're friends. And every time I see one of their posts, it makes me kind of go like, why am I following them? I've been like really cutting all those things down. And I think that when you go through a breakup with someone that you've been with for that long, if they're, if it's really over, no contact is the hardest but fastest way to get through it. Because every time you reach out, every time you talk to them, every time you see a photo of them, anything like that is going to make you miss them a little or at least, you know, restart that little fire that you have for them. So that's one thing. Another thing you can do, and I actually just watched another video about this. You guys, I'm going to start posting all these videos I've been watching, but I, I watched a video about getting over a heartbreak and... It was really fascinating because one of the things that this guy said, it was a therapist, and he said, um, we have a habit as humans to romanticize things and remember the positive, which is a great thing, and it's the truth. We all do it. We romanticize um, even places we live. I remember when I moved to L.A., I was here for a year, and I hated it. I kept thinking about missing Chicago, where I moved here from, and all the great things I loved about Chicago and how I wanted to move back to Chicago. And I would think about like these walks I would take downtown and riding my bike on the lake and like the fireworks show and the, the air and water show and all these great things I loved about Chicago, which I did. But I would never think about all the reasons I left Chicago. Like it was freezing for half the year and I hated it. And that... At least when I was there, like I uh, was a different person. I, I just cared a lot more about like shopping and having like pottery barn furniture in my apartment. And um, all I ever really would do is like go to bars and like it just I, I would spend way more money in Chicago than I spend in L.A. just on going out and stuff. And because the weather is different and whatever. I'm not knocking Chicago is my favorite place I ever lived besides L.A. And I lived there for a long time. But my point is all the reasons that I missed Chicago um, built up in my head. So I went back. I moved back. People don't know this. I used to own a condo in Chicago and um, the tenant who was renting my condo, decided to move out. And I had to either find someone else to live in it very quickly, or I was going to have to move back. And I was already on the fence anyway, because I was really missing Chicago. And I was like hating LA. So I went back. I was back in Chicago for 30 days, one month. And I was like, fuck, this was a mistake. Suddenly, everything that I thought I hated about L.A. didn't seem that bad. I started to realize things I actually really liked more about L.A. And I remembered all the things I hated about Chicago and why I left. I don't hate Chicago. I just mean why I left Chicago. I should stop saying that. I love Chicago, actually. It's like one of my favorite cities in the world. And it's a great place to live if you ever need to live somewhere. But my point is... I romanticized it. And once I got back, the reality hit me. It was cold. It was winter. I was spending a lot more money there. I was, I hated driving there. I hated parking there. Everything, everything I didn't, everything just came back. And my point is that we do that with relationships, right? We romanticize everything, but then you get back in it and you're like, oh fuck, this was not as good as I thought. We've all done it. And what this therapist said to do 
is to sit down, even if she ended it, there's a reason, dude, that she ended it. And I'll bet you that if you really think about it, you weren't probably very happy in it either. Because if one person isn't happy and they don't want to be with you, then how fun can the relationship be? You should sit down and write a list of all the reasons it wasn't working. That is what uh, this guy said to do. And that is what I started doing with people that I miss. Write down all the things that made it not work. Anything about it that you didn't like at all. Write down bad memories. Write down the reasons. Write down a trip you took where you're remembering the beautiful moment at the top of the mountain, but you're forgetting about all the bullshit that happened on the way back down and the way back home. Write all that down. And when you start to miss her, look at that list. Because that will help you to focus on the reality. And I'm not saying to focus on all negative. There's nothing wrong with having beautiful memories with people that we loved in the past once you're over the relationship and able to move forward. I have beautiful memories with my ex-husband that I would never want to forget. But I still have to remind myself the reasons why that relationship didn't work. Or I would miss him. Do you know what I mean? So I think that that's a really healthy thing to do. Oh my God. See, these episodes where I'm by myself are too serious. This is the problem with doing these alone. They're just a little too serious. But I think that um, for right now, this is where I'm at. So I'm going to answer one more question. And then I actually have to hop off because I'm going to Barbosa Method, which is my workout that I uh, have started doing again, which I have let go for a while because I... Uh, was being lazy and just going hiking instead. And I miss Barboza Method. So I'm going to go there tonight. Barboza Method is uh, the place I work out here in LA. For anyone in LA that needs a place to go, it's really, really dope. And the girl that runs it is amazing. It's kind of like bar method meets ballet class meets laying on the floor. Laying on the floor is one of my favorite kinds of working out. But it's so much harder than you think. You guys see me post photos from this place and you're like, that's not a workout. You're laying on the floor. It beats your ass. So, um, make sure you guys check that out if you're in LA. All right, let's see. I'm looking for one more question. Well, this is a good one. How do you tell someone sensitive that something they does bothers you? Well, that's kind of the same thing as all the other things. Look, that ever if somebody's really sensitive, the best way I find to tell anyone something is bothering you that they're doing is to lead with compliments and lead with some nice things they do and then find a way to just, you know, say like, hey, you know, I hate to bring this up. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, you guys know how to say something nicely. And even if they're hypersensitive, most people who are very sensitive, I know because I'm hypersensitive, are also really empathetic and understanding. That's why they're so sensitive because they have a lot of intense feelings and they'll also be sensitive to the way that you tell them. So I wouldn't be scared. I would just be honest. Um, would you date a little person? Oh God, that's so funny that you asked that because um, when I first met Brad Williams, I kind of had a crush on him, but I didn't date him. We didn't date because I just, I just didn't want to date a comic and I didn't want to risk that we wouldn't end up being friends and I knew that we'd end up being great friends. So would I date a little person? If it was the right little person, I think that I would. Um, I don't have any like I won't date you ramification. Like I can't think of anything that would be like a complete deal breaker just from a physical standpoint. I'm sure there are things. I take that back. Like if you have really disgusting teeth, I couldn't do it. 
or if you're like obviously not hygienic. But I mean, if you're like a hot little person who's clean, fuck yeah. They also have big dicks. Their dicks are like the size of their heads, you guys. I'm not even joking. And they have huge asses. Sometime look at Brad Williams' ass. Um, he has like total gigantic black guy booty. It's amazing. So check that out. Um, let's see. Uh, how do you forget someone who broke your heart? We talked about that. Can a guy be too nice when trying to start a relationship? Um, I don't think that you can be too nice, but I do think that you can be too excited. And I do think that you can be just like a girl. Anytime a guy is like way too excited about dating me too quickly, I start to worry, is he a fan? Or, you know, that's me because I wonder if someone knows who I am. But even if, even if I wasn't in a position where someone could like really research me, I would still be like, uh, why is he like, it's nice and flattering, but it's like a little weird when someone knows or like feels like they're so excited about you after one or two dates. Although to be fair, I felt that way about a few guys a few times, but in my experience, that's always led to like really toxic relationships. I guess I would say it's okay to be nice, but anytime a guy immediately after a date starts texting me all day, every day, or like asking me what I'm doing every night or acting like we're boyfriend, girlfriend right away, it makes me pull back a little bit because just like it would push a guy back a little, it it makes me go, oh, well, shit, like if I don't end up liking this guy as much as he likes me, he's going to really get hurt. Or if I'm just, I'm just kind of, you don't know where the other person necessarily is yet after like one or two dates. Like, do you know if they, how long it's been since their last relationship? Do you know, for me, like the last guy I went out with kind of did that. I had just, you know, gotten through the Rod Stewart thing. I was just dipping my toe in the dating water. And then this guy like was really into me and really being super duper nice and trying so hard to impress me and calling and texting so much. But I just, if he would have slowed his roll a little bit, I would have maybe given him more of a shot, but it kind of freaked me out. And it made me say to him, I don't think I'm ready for what you're looking for. And so I guess if you're in a hella rush for a relationship, you can be like super, super nice and all into her right away. But I would say the slow method, slow and steady wins the race. And also I would say this too, try, I know everyone's on their best behavior at the beginning, but you know, if, if you're not the kind of guy that texts a girl that if you're in a relationship with a girl and you're not the kind of guy that texts her all day, every day, don't do it at the beginning. Be you at the beginning. Don't be someone you're not. That's why relationships end because we all try to be perfect at the beginning. Nobody can keep that up. That's why I have a friend who always wears a suit jacket on a first date. Like he always does. I think it's insane. To him, he feels like you should dress up for a first date. To me, I feel like you should be you. So like when I go on a first date, I wear a maybe, maybe slightly elevated version of what I would wear on stage. Like instead of sneakers, maybe I'll put on boots, but I'm still going to wear like jeans and a t-shirt or the casual top. I mean, maybe sneakers, depending on the spot. If I'm picking the spot, we're going somewhere very chill. 
I like to set the standard at this is who I am. Because if I go on the first date and I'm really dressed up in something that I wouldn't normally wear and it's someone I don't know, I just feel like now they have this impression that I'm always going to have to live up to. Of Like Kate shows up in a dress and heels all the time. Or like um, I don't feel like myself. Like, you know, the best advice anyone ever gave me in stand-up was dress on stage in the thing that works best with your material and you are comfortable in. You feel like yourself in. Because the minute you put on something that doesn't feel like you, you start to get a little in your head about what you're wearing because it doesn't feel like you. Like, if I go on a date in a slutty outfit, not saying there's anything wrong, slutty is a terrible word. If I go on a date with, like, my tits out and a short skirt, something I wear to a Halloween party or to a club with my girlfriends. I love dressing like a whore sometimes, okay? That's not what I meant. But if I do that on a date, I'm going to be self-conscious the whole time about what I'm wearing on the date. I'm going to be thinking the whole time I'm not going to feel like myself. So then it's not going to be a good date. So my point is, at the beginning of a relationship, I say be yourself as much as you can. If yourself is a guy that's like really, 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 really nice all the time and brings flowers and gifts and texts every two hours, and then you can do that. But if yourself isn't that guy, then don't pretend to be someone you're not. And same goes for the girls. We don't have to pretend to be someone we're not either. If you're not the girl that waits till six months to fuck the guy, fuck the guy. You don't have to pretend to be someone you're not. I really can't fuck a guy I'm not into, so it takes me a long time sometimes to fuck him. Other times it takes me a day and a half. Be yourself. Be yourself is the title of today's Date Fails. Be yourself, bought to you, brought to you by Lola, mylola.com. Um, I love you guys. These episodes, these last few episodes have been a little different, but... I feel like I'm growing and I feel like the podcast is going through a growth spurt right now. And I feel like uh, I'm excited about I'm excited about where it's headed. And I promise there will be guests and I promise that we will do more funny shit. I do want to take calls. So you guys know, I'm actually one of the things I'm doing is you may or may not know this, but I have a dining room in my apartment that is unused. It's like a garage. I don't make food and uh, I'm having someone turn the dining room into a podcast studio, setting up cameras, so we'll be able to do a video every week, and there's going to be call-ins, and it's going to be amazing, and that's going to be done in about a month, so I'm really excited about that, and I haven't announced it on here at all, so now you know, so there's things coming, and uh, but I love you guys. Appreciate you listening. I appreciate all your messages. Keep emailing me at datefailspod at gmail.com. You can always support on Patreon. I love when you guys support the podcast. I really do. And um, I hope I see you guys at a tour date soon. I will be in Edmonton this weekend, Wednesday through Saturday. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye.